that, 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 that truthfully, what I, that you can have 10 victories and, and, and one failure or one defeat, and the devil will try to get you to focus on that. Because, the, because human nature works this way. Whatever you focus on gets magnified in your life. Whatever you focus on gets magnified in your life. And so if he can get you to focus on the one failure, you'll forget about all the things that God did to cause you to live in victory. Amen? And so those are really good points that we have to keep in mind. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get started this morning. We're going to go fairly quickly because this is our third message in this series. We're talking about the preeminence of God's love. And, and I know that a lot of times when you go to church, especially if you grew up in the South, if you grew up in the South and people start talking about God's love, it's very easy to feel like you already know everything it is to know about it because you've been to vacation Bible school since you were six. And so it's real easy for you to just go, oh, God's love, yeah, that's easy. I, I know God loves me, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm telling you if, you, don't, if you don't understand God's love for you in a deep way, it becomes impossible to love others the way that God wants you to. And so we, we, we spend time talking about how important it is for you to know that God loves you and not because you get it right. God doesn't love you because, because you get it right. When you were in school, your teacher may have really, really been, may really liked you because you got all the questions right, you did all the homework, you showed up on time. But tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, neighbor. God, God is not like your teacher. Like your no, no, no. God likes you even if you're late. God loves you even if you don't show up half the time. God doesn't withdraw his love for you based on performance. And the problem is if we don't understand that, we'll begin to deal with people based on how we think God deals with us. And so if you think for even for a moment that, that, that God only loves you when you're doing the right thing, that's how you will appropriate your responses to other people. So today's message is about how to love other people. How to love other people. It's so important that you understand how to love other people, not just for the other people, but even for you. Because the Bible says it like this. It says all the promises of God have been received through faith. You got saved because you believe God. Amen. Any, any saved folk in here this morning? Anybody saved? Anybody born again? Amen. If you're born again, it's because you believe the word that said, if you shall believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is the son of God, then thou shalt be saved. Because you believe that, there was no evidence you could touch, but because you believed it, because you had faith for it, as a result of that, then what happened was, is that you became born again. Amen? You became born. Say, I was born again. Through faith. So watch this. If you were born again through faith, Bible says that the only way your faith works is through love. I used a couple weeks ago an example. I don't want you to forget it. If you went out and bought a million-dollar flashlight, okay, and that flashlight cost a million bucks, there was only one like it. It was the best thing that ever been produced. But you had to have you had to have four D batteries in it to make it work. If you had that million-dollar flashlight, but you didn't have the 4D batteries that cost you $4, is that flashlight any good? No, not for the function in which it was designed, which was to illuminate light. And I guess if you got diamonds or something on it, you could sell those. But if, you, but if the lights go out, it ain't going to shine, amen? And so the Bible says, look, you can have this great big faith, but if you don't have the battery, if you don't have love, the thing that makes it work, 
then your faith is never going to produce for you in a way that the Bible says it's supposed to produce. Amen? And so I want to begin this morning, and I want to go to John 3.16. And that's a very familiar passage, but I want to go to John 3.16 because it really sets the stage for you and I understanding God's love. Because I want to talk about this horizontal relationship, but I also want to talk about this vertical relationship. And we can't talk about this relationship, how we interact with one another and others, especially those who are lost. Amen? Now, now let's just be honest. How many of you know it's really easy to love somebody who's just like you? In fact, you think they're amazing. You find somebody who think like you, like, man, you're the smartest person I ever met. Because they think like you. But how many of you know that the same requirement to love them is the same requirement who is, who is diametrically opposed to your way of thinking? To a person who doesn't look like you, they don't come from the same culture you do, they don't talk the way you talk, they don't believe what you believe, they don't even see things the way you see it. The Bible didn't command us not to love them. In fact, the Bible says it like this. It says it's very easy for someone to give up their life for someone who is honorable. It says, but who in the world going to die for a stranger? Well, Jesus did. It says, for God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. Now, now, now people don't like to talk about this, but let's just throw it out here. Say, love, love. Can, always be seen can always be seen because love, because love always gives. Always now, it doesn't always give money. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying love always gives. Love is always going to give something, like the benefit of the doubt. Love is always going to give something, like a second chance. Love's always going to give something, like an opportunity to make it right. Love is going to always give. And so when you start talking about love and you start checking your love wall, you got to ask, what are you giving? Because if you're, not, if you're not giving anything, even in a marital relationship, if you, are, if you are in love, that love is going to be willing to give something. Amen? And, and if it's going to be a successful relationship, it better learn how to compromise. Or if you don't like the word compromise, it, it better learn to lend itself to synergy. Because if you don't have some synergy in a marriage, somebody's going to end up on the short end of the stick. And although you may be happy, your spouse may not be. And over time, that's going to draw to an end. Amen? Amen. But how many of you know that, that even when we are not giving a reciprocal, when we're not, when we're not making a reciprocal relationship with Jesus, uh, God doesn't leave us. Amen. He doesn't abandon us. So now, now, I'm not going to lie to you. Connection, I talk about this all the time. Reciprocity is important to me. You know, if I'm scratch your back, with mine itch, I, just, I expect you to be there scratching. I mean, I mean, it's just reciprocity is important, right? If I'm going to drive to your wedding, I want you to drive to mine. If I give you a gift, I want you to give me a bit of gift. No, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> reciprocity is important. But God says, look, I love you so much, it's not even about what you can give to me. He says, but here's what you can give to me. I'm going to save you. I'm going to get you out of the kingdom of darkness. I'm going to bring you into the kingdom of my dear son. And all I ask in return is that you let your light shine. That you let your light shine so that other people will see your life and desire what you have and you can introduce them to me. Say, my job, my job is to be, is to be God's, representative. God's representative. That's the only thing he asked for in return. People try to put all these other stipulations on what we have to do to be Christians and all these other things. God said, just love me and, and, and keep my commandments. Because in doing that, I can use you as a light. Amen? So the Bible says, for God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, say, I am, I am. in that whosoever. He says that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Say, it's a good God, a good God. who gives you, Everlasting life, even when you blow it. Even when you blow it, amen? And so because, because that is how God relates to us, then guess what we're supposed to be doing? Relating to others the same way. If you check your horizontal relationship, it is almost equal to your, to your, to your vertical relationships. If, if, if you find how, how you attribute God to your life is how you're going to attribute yourself to other people. It always works that way. I used to be a person who was so hard on people about sin. I grew up in Church of God in Christ, and everything was sin. Everything. Playing sports was a sin. I couldn't, you know, to this day, I, there have been times, it's been so hot, Nita laughing at me, it's been so hot, I wanted to wear shorts. I put, I've gotten up, I've gotten dressed. I put shorts on to come to church, and then before I could fully make it there, I had to change clothes, because growing up in a cozy church, you were going to hell if you stepped up in that church with them shorts on. Now, I know, I know that's not true anymore, but it's still that thing to say, well, I better put them jeans on. <laughs> but how do you know God ain't going to send you? I mean, you know it, but until, but until you appropriate the right information, you still deal with people that way. So when I see people in church, you know, on Facebook, I love it. Kenosha got these little eyes she do on Facebook. So when I see people walk into church with shorts on, I'm like, I got them little eyes. Now, I, now I know, I know, I know, I know I ain't nothing going to happen to them. But if you don't appropriate your relationship the right way, you will appropriate this relationship the wrong way. Amen? Amen. So let's look at Matthew chapter 22 real quick. Matthew chapter 22. We'll start at verse 35. It says, then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. He says, this is the first and the great commandment. It says, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love who? Thy neighbor who? That's a, that's a horizontal and vertical picture of what we just talked about. He said, you got to love God with everything you got. He said, then you got to love your neighbor in the same way, the same measure that you love yourself. But how do I love myself? Because I appropriate this relationship right. And the moment I appropriate this horizontal relationship right, then I can start getting my vertical relationships right. Amen? It says, it, he says, on these two commandments... Hang all the law and the prophets. He says, so everything in this book is based on this principle, that however you appropriate your horizontal relationship is how you're going to appropriate your vertical relationship. And if you appropriate this one wrong, you're going to appropriate that one wrong, and so you're going to get all this wrong. And that is the reason that the church has become, and I don't mean, I don't mean the, the church as in us, per se, or even a certain denomination. I mean, as, as overall, the Christian church in the last decades have gotten a really bad reputation because we haven't appropriated this relationship right. We got the law and the prophets. We read what sin is. We, we can pick out the sins. Now, we skip over the ones that, that we do, but we know the rest of them. The, the rest of them, we on top of, and we tell people about them. Now, we, the ones we do, we, we glaze real quick. But the other ones, oh, man, we tell people about those. 
Why? Because we, we haven't appropriated this relationship right. And sometimes in our mind, the reality is this. There are people who are doing sin, and they know they're doing sin, and because they don't think that God forgives them, that's why they can be so hard on other people. If you are a person who is always finding yourself, condemning yourself for what you do wrong, I guarantee you if we look at your life, you judge other people the same way. I used to do it. I used to be one of those people where, where, where everything was sin, and I could point out everybody's sin, and I could talk about what everybody was doing wrong. And the whole time I was doing it, I was being condemned myself, saying, feeling like, oh, my God, God ain't going to forgive me. Well, if I feel like God ain't going to forgive me, he ain't going to forgive you either. I want us to be in the same boat. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and that's how people live their life. And that's the reason that you can take a person who is not married, they are living with someone and sleeping with them, and then they go crazy when they see a homosexual couple. Ooh, we get quiet in here. It's the reason that you can take a person who gets drunk on Saturday, come to church on Sunday, and look at somebody and say, oh, my God, I can't believe they didn't give. Huh? Because what happens is you got the law and the prophets right, but you ain't got the relationship right. And if you don't get this relationship right, you're going to deal with people wrong. Tell your neighbor, say, we are not called, are not called to, be to be a people who deal with people, wrong. with people wrong. That's right. We're not called that. He says, so on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophet. Now, I got a couple things I want to say to you. Number one, as a Christian, you should write this down. The development of your love walk should be your primary focus. Not your next promotion. Not your next bonus. Not your next vacation. Not your next house. Not your next car. Not your, not, your, not, your, not your next big thing. But your primary focus as a Christian should be the development of your love walk. It should be the development of your love walk. If you can develop your love walk, everything else will fall into line. You know, there are... Um, when, when, when people work out, I'm told that they talk a lot about balance. Y'all, some of y'all caught that. Y'all caught, caught that? Y'all caught that? I'm told. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm told they, they talk a lot about balance. Why? Because you don't want to be a guy who spends all your time working on your chest. And your chest is real big. And you got them chicken legs. But, <laughs> so, because nobody, nobody, people see, they're like, what's wrong? That, this, just, this looks off, right? We don't want to be a people who work on our faith, but don't work on our love walk. It looks bad. It, it looks it's, it's, as bad as it looks for somebody to be swole like this and have little legs. It looks that bad for you to have all this faith, but you mean as a rattlesnake. Oh, I mean, I mean, you can believe to get the Eastern Hemisphere saved, but you can't. But you can't. But you can't be nice to nobody. The Bible tells us that faith only works through love. So if love is the prime, if love is the battery, I got to make sure I'm charged. You know, we rock these cell phones, these iPhone 6 Pluses and the Galaxy 6s and our tablets and iPads and everything else. But how many of you know them jokers ain't charged? They ain't worth nothing. They ain't worth nothing. You can have two cell phones. I've been there before. I had my cell phone and my work cell phone, and both of them were not charged, and I was in a place that didn't have no reception. I was stuck. With all that technology, I'm stuck. And that's what happens to us sometimes. You got all this faith, but it doesn't work for you. I mean, you can believe, you, but when you read the word, you believe it. Mm -hmm. 
but it doesn't come to pass for you. Why? But not, not you per se. It doesn't come to pass for a person who, who, who believes the word but has no love attached to it. How many know everything God ever did for us was done out of love? Everything God does for us is done out of love. God, God, God doesn't make deals with us. He's not like, all right, in the contract, I need this, and you need to give me this. this is, God doesn't do negotiations. What he says is, look, I'm going to put everything I got on the table. You can have it all. And in return, in return, I promise not to ever abandon you no matter what. Now, who doesn't take that kind of deal? But that's the deal that he offered us. That's the deal that he offered us. So number one, we got to make sure that as a Christian, the development of our love walk is our primary focus. Why? Failure to develop the God kind of love in your life will cause you to be a weak person where your character is concerned. Failure to develop the God kind of love. Now, why I say the God kind of love? Because you remember several weeks ago, we were over at the, uh, the Doubletree, and I gave you the four different kinds of love. But, but the only one that we're talking about today is agape. Amen? Not that kind of, you know, there's a brotherly love, you know, like the brotherly love I have for Howard when he takes me to the movies with no popcorn. I've got the kind of love that I have for my family members, people who, are, who, who took care of me, you know. I got the kind of love that, 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 I, that, I, that I had for my wife when we first met, that little feel-good kind of love that make you tingle. Listen, let me tell you something. If you think your whole marriage is going to be based on that, you are sadly mistaken. Let me help you today. That may be what starts it, but you better transition quick to agape if you're going to have you a long-lasting relationship. Agape is that unconditional love. It's that unconditional love that says, man, in spite of all of your irritating habits, I love you anyway. <laughs> She's not here today, so I can really preach this. She's still in D.C. or wherever they are, Maryland, wherever they are. So, but, but so, so what happens is, is that we have to make sure that we are developing our love walk. Watch this. You, because you never want God to take you to a place your character can't keep you. Most people who have big-time failures have big-time failures because they don't work on their character. And they don't work on their character because they don't have a clear relationship with God. So, yeah, they're really good in business, and so they get promoted on their job. They're really good at networking. They know the right people to talk to, so they get promoted. They keep doing all these things. And then before you know it, they started off here, and now they're here, and everybody's looking at them, and now the devil goes, oh, perfect time for a setup. So then he exploits you by using something that you, sh you could have developed had you focused on your love relationship. Because watch this. When you focus on your love relationship, there will be all kinds of tests that come your way. Because when you focus on your love relationship, people will say things to you and you will want to respond. But love will say, don't say that. Love will say, don't do that. Love will even say, don't even look at them like that. Love will constrain you. And what happens is when you get used to being constrained over time, when you get in a pressure situation and you're ready to flip out, but if you flip out now, it could cost you really big. You've been used to doing it, so when you hear that voice say, don't say that, you don't say that. You're thinking, man, I had great self-control. No, you practice the love relationship which developed your self-control. It's like, um, so, so I, I have these conversations with my kids sometimes. 
and, and kids, and how many of you know you may have said this too? Kids say things like this. Well, when I get older, I'm going to do so-and-so. I'll give you an example. Well, when I get older, when I get my own house, I'm going to keep my room clean. If you don't keep your, if you don't practice keeping your room clean now, you don't turn 21 and keep it clean. <laughs> y'all call that y'all kids' names? <laughs> it, but, it, but it doesn't happen that way, amen? It doesn't just happen. You have to have some development. The God's, your love walk is a developmental process. That means that when I first start out, I may miss most of the answers. Okay? You say something to me, I cuss you out. I missed that answer. <laughs> okay? But over time, it ought to be that you say something to me and, and I get the answer right. right. I don't respond in the same manner that I used to. And so it's important for you to understand that. Why? Because the pursuit of walking in love has to be our greatest pursuit. Why? Because it is the thing that's going to propel me to everything else. It's like when you start learning, and I know this sounds simplistic, but Chris was talking about her preschool examples. When you start teaching a kid the ABCs, what's the first letter you teach them? Why? Because it comes first. You don't just jump into P. Uh, you mess the kid up. Like, we're just going to start with P. Forget the rest of them. We'll come back to them later. You can't do that. But that's what we do with new believers. We get new believers, and we want to talk to them about end-time prophecy. They don't need to know nothing about no end-time prophecy. We try to help them make it to the end time. So you got to start with the basics. Say, love, love. Is, the is the basic of Christianity. Amen. Because walking in love is the essence of Christianity. So, we have, so once we activate the law of love, experiencing God's benefits according to his covenant becomes easy. Say, love, love. Is, a is a law. Now, when I say love is a law, here's what I'm saying. How many of you know that a law or, or a principle works the same way for everybody? Okay? So we, you've heard this example before. The law of gravity, right? I mean, the law of gravity works for everybody. You don't believe it? Get up on top of this building and jump off. I bet you hit the bottom. You, you, because gravity is working. It's going to work. You go, in fact, I don't care how big you are, how small you are, you're going to accelerate the same speed because gravity is working. It's a law. It's a principle that works the same way every single time. Well, love is a law. It works the same way every single time. Love produces freedom. Every single time, love produces. If you're bound by something, it's because you're not functioning in love anymore. If something has you bound, it's because you're not functioning in love in that particular area. Listen, if somebody hurt you a long time ago, and every time you see them, it makes you get a knot in your stomach, you are not functioning in love. And we can justify by saying, well, you know, no, that's just my spidey senses. No, it ain't. It is not your spidey senses. No, it ain't. Because people say stuff like that. They're like, well, you know, I, I, I can sense people. I, I can tell when they ain't no good. No, that is not. That are, you are saying that based on your own perception. That ain't got nothing to do with God. But because you appropriate, <laughs> because you appropriate God that way, you appropriate other people that way. Amen. So we got to make sure, yes, y'all know what them spidey senses are. So, you, so we got to make sure that we're doing this right. Listen, nothing is more important in the life of a Christian than developing in the love of God. It is the only means by which faith works. Without love, watch this, you actually block the answers that God's trying to give you to your prayers. So, so you're praying to God to give you revelation and insight to something. 
But because you refuse to function in love, you can't hear the answers he's trying to give you. It's like this. You ever talk to somebody and, and, and they keep interrupting and you're trying to give them the answer to something? It's like, dude, shut up. I'm trying to give you the answer. I'm trying to tell you what's right, but you keep interrupting. So literally, we say, God, I need you to help me. God, I need you to I need you. I need you. I need you. And you're crying out to God. You, get, you, you, don't, you don't get real religious. You get your sackcloth on. You get ashes. You're asking God to really help you, to really do this for you, right? But the whole time, he's like, well, you can, and you still talking. Well, what you should you do? And you still talking. He like, he can't get a word in edgewise because you can't hear him because of all the talking that you're doing. Well, that's the same way when you have unforgiveness and hurts and fears and doubts and unbelief and everything in your life is constantly talking to you in your brain. But the Bible tells us that if we get in love, perfect love will cast all that fear out of doors. That's the reason you got to develop your love walk. It helps you hear God clearly. Listen, you can't be depressed when you're walking in the love of God. There is no depression in, lo- in, in love. Depression comes because you reach a state where you're so focused on the other thing and it overtakes you. I'm telling you, I believe, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not discounting mental illness. Mental illnesses are serious. They are real, and people need assistance. But I'm telling you that as a believer, what I also know is that that is a mind issue too. Sometimes it's a chemical issue, but it's also a mind issue. When, 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 when people get in states of depression, where they're depressed for long periods of time, it is not only something going on inside of them, maybe, maybe with their chemicals imbalances or whatever, but it's something happening in their mind. There are thoughts there that don't belong to them. And we, and we got to be, we got to be, and people can call it being deep if you want to. What I do know is that there have been times in my life where the more I sat around and thought about something that was sad, I got sadder. Now, I know that. I know that right now, if I turn on some music and I start thinking about my dad being gone, before long, I make myself cry. I get sad enough to start crying. Why? Because whatever you think about is going to produce that emotion. Well, the same thing is true. I start thinking about Jesus, and I'm going to get a little happy now. I start thinking about Jesus, I'm going to start making a few little confessions now. I start making a few little confessions, I'm going to start walking a little more spry now. Why? Because the reality of it is, is that we are who we, we are who we are, whatever we constantly do. We, we just are. We are. If you're a person who spend all your money, we can track it. You're always at a store. Or you're always online. Ain't that quiet in here? If you are spe- listen, you don't, <laughs> people having sidebar conversations? <laughs> I'm in your wheelhouse this morning. Listen, people, do, people who don't spend money don't go to stores. They don't spend a lot of time on the internet shopping. It's, it's just, but people who do, do. People who like to eat spend a lot of time thinking about eating. No, I didn't say eating. I said they spend time thinking about They eating breakfast plotting what they're going to have for lunch. They're like, ooh, no, 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 I'm not going to eat this for breakfast because I want to eat this later on tonight. <laughs> yeah, see, y'all in the house. Y'all in the house. Because we are whatever we constantly think about. So if we want to be people of love, guess what we got to spend time thinking about? God's love, amen? God gives us a commandment to love. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, loving is not an option. Let's look at John chapter 13. 
John chapter 13, verse 34 through 35. This, this idea that we get to choose who we want to love is a fallacy. You don't get to choose because the Bible says a new commandment I give you. This ain't Old Testament. This New Testament. He says that ye what? Love one another. How? As I have loved you, that ye also do what? Love one another. He said, in case you missed it, love one another, just like I've loved you, love one another. He says, make sure that you are loving one another. Why? He says, because if you do this, he says, shall all men know what? That you, come on, keep reading. So people in the world are looking at us, seeing how we love folks. They said, we can tell whether you're a disciple of Christ based on how you love folk who ain't like you. Based on how you love folk who don't do what you do. We, 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 we can tell whether or not you're one of his. The word Christian simply means what? To be Christ-like. So we, people, folk are looking at us trying to assess whether we are like Christ based on whether we do what Christ did, which was what? As I have How did he love us, though? That's the question you have to ask. How did he love us? I'll tell you, in spite of. That's how he loved us, in spite of. He loved us in spite of every, everything we ever did. Look, look, we all family. Just tell your neighbor. Say, neighbor. neighbor. Say, quit playing. quit playing. You know, you know that you did. you did some low down, dirty, no good for nothing, stuff. Oh, I know you said you're sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and baptized with fire today. But back then, you did some lowdown, dirty, no good for nothing stuff. But God loved us anyway. The Bible says while we were yet in our sins, he was reconciling us back to himself. Every time I hear that, it becomes impossible for me to treat somebody indifferent because they haven't arrived to where I have arrived to. You can tell me you're an agnostic. You can tell me that you're an atheist. You can tell me you're a deist. You can tell me that you, that, that, that you, are, uh, that you are something else I ain't even heard of. It has nothing to do with how I'm supposed to love you, though. Because the commandment wasn't to just love other Christians. And that's what we've gotten into. In fact, we've, we've gone beyond that point. What we do now is we, we love other Christians who think like us. I mean, we ain't just loving all Christians no more. We only loving the ones who think like us. So now if your denomination is different, if, if, you, if you believe something different, if you think something different, then now we're throwing stones at one another. But Jesus says that is not what we're supposed to be doing. Amen. We talked about this on last week, and I won't spend a lot of time here, but the love of God is preeminent. It is a preeminent force. We said that, we said that love was a law, right? Well, if the Supreme Court is considered the law of the land, right? Whatever they say goes, right? Well, that's how it is in the kingdom of God. Love is the Supreme Court. Whatever love says goes. That word eminence means to stand above other things. So the word preeminence means to have undoubtable superiority. So God's love is superior to anything else you can find in the kingdom. God said literally that everything in the kingdom works on love. Amen. 
The whole kingdom functions that way. And if the whole kingdom functions that way, it's important for you and I to understand that we got to know how that works. Amen? Amen? I want you to see something here because it's, it's in, let me see, let me find the scripture here. Let's go to, mm, I need to mention that. Un- understand, when, when we start talking about walking in love, I don't want you to get blindsided. Anytime that you hear a word, this is what the Bible says. It says anytime that you hear a word, and you're not quick to, to understand that word, in other words, to get revelation of that word, the devil comes quickly to take away the word that you have heard. That's what the Bible says. Here's how it works. You hear a word about love, right? We're preaching about love and loving other people. You're going to go home, and before the day is over, encounter a situation that wants to come and take your love from you. It wants to take your love walk from you. You're going to go to a restaurant, and the waiter or the waitress ain't going to do what they're supposed to do. They ain't going to give you the right amount of change. They're going to charge your credit card twice, your debit card. See, the difference is your debit card because it comes out right in. <laughs> Something's going to happen, and it's going to challenge your love walk. Why does it always happen that way? Because the devil wants to come and get that word. Because he understands that if you get this word regarding love and you start to live in it and function and operate in it, you'll become a threat to the kingdom of darkness. So what he wants to do, and that's why you got to be aware. you got to be smart enough to see it. Have you ever been in class and you're like, you know what? I know it's going to be a pop test tomorrow. I know the teacher so well. I know she's going to be. I'm studying tonight. And you study and you go in class tomorrow and it's a pop quiz. You're like, see, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. When she said be sure to read chapter 5, I knew you were going to be a pop quiz. you got to know that a pop quiz is coming. You do not spend time talking about the love of God and the pop quiz don't come. And let me, t- let, me, let me just help you so you don't get blindsided. It typically will happen with someone close to you. Because people who aren't close to you have a less likely ability to impact you. Because if I don't know you and you do something, I can just dismiss it as you being crazy. You just crazy. But now if I go to pick my wife up today at 5 o'clock, or whatever time I'm supposed to pick her up, that's why I got a member, and I get there a few minutes late, or I get there, and, and, and she inside talking, and she come out late. That's an opportunity <laughs> to perfect my love walk. Because if you tell me to be at 5.30, I expect you to be outside at. That's just who I am. So I know when I go pick her up, I'm already talking to myself. Yesterday, in fact, when she told me she wasn't coming back, I was like, what time are you going to get back? She said, well, I don't know yet. I said, well, you really need to let me know because i got to know what time to be there. Because it's really important for me to know what time to be there because that's the kind of person I am. And if you just tell, if you call me when you land, and now I feel like I got to rush out there to get you, I'm not going to be happy when I get there. <laughs> so to avoid any conflict, I got to know in advance. But in addition, no, I've decided no matter what time, she walk off that plane. I'm going to be sitting right there, smiling and being nice. Because I realize that it's just an opportunity for the devil to come and get my love walk. So you got to see that. You got to see that. Don't go Don't hear about the love of God and then go home and fight with your spouse today. Amen. Not today. Not today. Wait till Wednesday. But not today. Not, I mean, at least make it to Wednesday. Don't get home and start kicking his clothes. I told you to pick them clothes up. No, 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 no. Give it, give it a minute. Give it a minute. Give it a minute. Amen. Give it a minute. So we get, tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, neighbor. The, Bible says, the Bible says, be not ignorant, be not ignorant 
of Satan's devices. So know how he's going to come. Know how he's going to come, amen? Listen, research has shown that many churches and ministers lack love and character. And that is the reason that people aren't flocking to the church. Because people don't see love being displayed. And when people don't see love being displayed, they get the idea, well, you ain't no different than nobody else. So what's the, what's the point of me coming over there spending time with you when you act just like everybody else? Tell your neighbor and say, there ought to be a difference, be a difference. between you, and non-believers non on your job. On your job. You, ought to, you ought to show up before they non-believers. <laughs> you ought to stay longer than the non-believers. Your work quality should be better than the non-believers. Why? Well, wait a minute, Pastor. Why do you say that? Because the Bible says that your work is not unto man, but unto God. Man, light bulbs. <laughs> I think the light bulb says, so I take that as an amen. But listen, I'm telling you, you the, when you start studying love, it affects every area of your life. It won't just be about how you treat it. It'll start talking about who you are. Love will start digging around and stuff in who you are, saying, you know what, well, well, why, why, why are you always procrastinating? You're like, Pastor, wait a minute, what does love have to do with procrastination? <laughs> are you messing with My procrastination has been with me since I've been five. But love will start digging around in all kinds of stuff in your life. Amen? Walking in love delivers you from fear. Fear is designed for you to protect yourself. But in doing so, it also leads to your destruction. So now think about that. It would be like, and I know this is a little extreme, but think about it. It would be like you buying a, uh, a, 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 an anaconda as, as, a, as a house guard. You got a 30-foot anaconda. Watch this. I ain't going to break in your house. If I know you got a 30-foot anaconda, I ain't breaking in there. Even if I was going to break in somewhere, I ain't breaking in there. But why would you want to be in the house with a 30-foot anaconda? That's what fear does. Fear keeps things out, but it keeps you bound. It's dangerous for you. What love does is love throws off the shackles. Here's what love says. Love says, I'm free to do the right thing, and if you do the wrong thing, God will protect me. That, that's what love says. I ain't saying you're going to get there overnight. Because I, 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 I listen, can I, be, can, I be, can I be real with you this morning? I just said that, and right here, I felt something jump when I said it. I was like, I don't know about that. I'm just being honest with you. I, I, I said that through revelation, and then my, my flesh said, mm -hmm. In fact, I went and put my notes down. Let me go get my notes. <laughs> Why? Because if you're not careful, you got to be honest with yourself. When, it, when, when, you're looking, when, when you're saying, okay, I'm going to put down the thing that I've used to protect myself for years, I'm going to give up this thing that I've used to protect who I am. I'm just going to trust God to protect me. That's, that, that's, that takes some trust. Because how many of you know you use all kinds of things to protect yourself? People use laughter. People use anger. People use this, I don't care. Some people just be nice to everybody, just praying that don't nobody say nothing to them. <laughs> <laughs> they, they use all kinds of methods to protect themselves. You know, I, 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 I talk, my wife and I talk about this all the time. Pastor Sean, you may not realize this, she is naturally a person who has the ability to just be done. 
like, like, like literally, like you don't even know. What, <laughs> you don't even, it'd be a month later and you don't even know y'all broke up. She has been done with you for like a month. But that was a mechanism that she used. And she said this before. She used that mechanism because of the things that happened in her childhood where people made her promises and didn't come through. So she was like, oh, so you like them. Well, if you like them, then I'm done. I don't have to say nothing to you. We don't have to have no fight. We don't have to fall out. You'll just realize that we ain't spoken 10 years. <laughs> like she just, I, so I have conversations with my wife like this. Are we good? But, but because, because, because you was going to the store for two hours. Are we good? <laughs> are, we, are we still, we still here? <laughs> so people do all kind of things to mask their ability not to be hurt. But here's what Jesus did. Jesus never promised us that people wouldn't hurt us. What he promised is that he would never leave us, that he would never forsake us, that he would be with there always. What he promised that he would be a mender of a broken heart. And so many times, how many know that you can do everything you can not to get your heart broken and still end up with your heart broken? But if you don't trust God, you end up with a broken heart and no way for it to be repaired. But if you trust God, you end up, you might end up with a broken heart, but God can repair your heart. And so I think that's one of the important things that we have to remember. Amen. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 3 and 12. 1 Thessalonians 3 and 12. Now, look at this. It says, now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you. It says, and the Lord make you. I love this. What happens? The Lord does what? Make you to what? And what? In what? One toward another and toward now, 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 see, this is important because you have to understand who he was writing this to. So this was a letter that Paul wrote to the church of Thessalonica. When he wrote this letter to them, here's what he says. He says, the Lord will make you to increase and in bound in love one toward another. That's us in here. That's, that's, that's believers. That's, that's me and Richard. That's, that's, that's me and Chris. That's, that's me and Caleb. He, he, he's going to make this love that I have for them abound, Okay. Because, because as believers, we're supposed to be in, in unity together. But notice what he says. And, what is an and? And is a conjunction, which means what? It connects the two things together. So it means it's, it, it connects whatever comes before it and after it. So I'm supposed to be loving you all, but I'm also supposed to be loving who? All men. So in other words, what he was saying to them when he wrote this letter, he said, yes, you ought to love people in the church. Yes, your love for them should increase. He said, but don't forget about the people who are not in the church. Don't, don't forget about the people who, who are not like you. He says, even as we do toward you. So, 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 so just like somebody showed you love when you wasn't in the church, when someone showed you love when you wasn't doing right, he says, you got to do the same thing for them. And, and, and that is the philosophy of Christianity. That's, that's, that's what we're supposed to be doing. 